On the resurrection morning when all the dead in Christ shall rise, I'll have a new body, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, eternal soul, in weakness raised in power, ready to live in paradise. I'll have a new body, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. I'll have a new home Glory, glory With the redeemed of God Never there will be no more sorrow No, no more pain There will be no more strife Yes, raising the likeness In of his likeness Ready to live I'll be glad I'll have a new body Praise the Lord I'll have a new life Eternal Free From every imperfection Youthful and happy I shall be in victory I'll have a new body praise the Lord I'll have a new life oh, yes. I'll have a new home glory glory with the redeemed never said there'll be no more sorrow no, no more pain there'll be no more strife yes raising the likeness in of my likeness. ready to live I'll be glad I'll have a new body praise the Lord I'll have a new life Trump of God shall sound. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Eternal grains, all bursting saints are shouting heavenly beauty all around. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Oh, yes. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory. With the reading of God to stand. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of this likeness. Ready to live, I'll be glad. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. Welcome, friends, to the Passion for Christ show. So glad to have you. This is your host, Bruce Kessler, and I just want to tell you that I'm a follower of the greatest movement ever, a follower of Jesus Christ, because you see in him I found forgiveness, joy, peace, happiness, blessed beyond measure, more than I could ever deserve. My goal here is very simple, friend, that is to encourage you along the way to help you find your passion in life. In Jesus Christ. Well, upcoming, we got an important topic, and that topic is very simply what are we to do about the coronavirus? I mean, that has people spiraling and panicking in many, many, many different ways. So let's talk about that, what maybe the Bible has to say about that. But first, a few things along the way. And the first is Headline News. Well, get this. Get this. 
In Alabama, the Senate there passed a bill last week that could make it the first state in the U.S. to ban gender change therapy for children. That's right. It's a bill called the Vulnerable Child Compassion and Protection Act that would establish criminal penalties for doctors who prescribe drugs intended to alter the minor child's gender or delay puberty. How about that, folks? The bill says that many children who identify as transgender will change their mind. Studies have shown that a substantial majority of prepubescent children who claimed a, a gender identity different from their biological sex will ultimately identify with their biological sex by young adulthood or sooner when supported through natural puberty. Well, there you go, folks. There you go. Alabama Senate passes bill banning transgender treatment on children. Oh my folks, the world is vastly changing around us. Well, speaking of that, notice this. Notice this. A federal judge ruled last week that a Washington State school was within their rights when they prohibited then high school football coach Joe Kennedy from kneeling in prayer on the 50-yard line after games. The case was sent back to a lower court from the U.S. Supreme Court when federal judge Ronald Layton ruled in favor of the Bremerton School District in Washington. That's right, folks. That's right. The uh, Mr. Kennedy established a practice of kneeling in prayer post-game. In 2015, however, the school district suspended him from his position after he refused to cease from praying. And then he sued the school district for violation of his right to religious expression. Judge Layton denied Kennedy's injunction request. And it was refused later on by the U.S. Supreme Court. The judge wrote, although the court is sympathetic to Kennedy's desire to follow his beliefs, the former right must give way to the latter in this case. Well, there you go, folks. Federal judge rules high school is allowed to prohibit football coach from praying after games. Hmm. My, oh, my. My, oh, my. Well, now listen to this. Get this, folks. A lady by the name of Trina Carr was driving her recently purchased truck when she believed God told her to pull over. And as she pulled into a parking lot, she realized the truck was starting to smoke and exited the vehicle and immediately after it exploded in flames. Woo. Talk about minutes count, folks. Seconds count on this case. The fire department searched the truck after it doused the flames and found on the truck dashboard that it was burnt to ash and melted plastic, as well as the engine and passenger compartments. But on the dash, guess what was sitting up there? completely intact was her Bible. <laughs> How about that, folks? 
Mike Carr, her husband, said many thanks to my brothers at the fire department for extinguishing our truck. They arrived quickly and had it, uh, had it out in no time. Thanks be to God, my wife was able to pull over and get out in time. And that is simply amazing. The Bible in the truck didn't burn at all. God bless. Woo, folks. How about that? Bible remains undamaged after truck goes up in flames. What does that tell you, friend? Well, it tells you this, simply this. The world around you is in chaos and going up in flames, but the Bible always remains intact and true, no matter the circumstances. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah, and that's our headline news for this broadcast. And now, this day in church history. In 968 A.D. on this day, Death of Matilda of Ringelheim, German queen, the mother of Emperor Otto I, because she had been charitable and found in monasteries and churches, she will be regarded as a saint by the Roman Catholic Church. In 1661, William Ledra of Barbados becomes the last Quaker executed for his faith in Boston. And finally on this day in church history in 1858, death of John Mason Peck at Rock Spring, Kentucky, having worn himself out as a frontier circuit rider and Baptist educator. And that's this day in church history. And now, folks, we have a little bit of fun in Name That Bible Character segment. Jesus is just all right with me. Jesus is just all right. Oh, yeah. Here is your clue. Pay attention to this clue, folks. Jesus said that when we stand praying, we must first do what? What am I? Here's your clue one more time. Jesus said that when we stand praying, we must first, what am I? We will reveal the answer following the study segment. So stay tuned, folks, for that exciting reveal to that tantalizing clue in our final segment of Name That Bible Character. Jesus is just all right with me. I said, Jesus is just all right. Oh, yeah. Now, folks, we have our study for this broadcast. So get your hot cup of coffee or hot cup of chocolate or tea or whatever it is you like to drink. Just cozy and on up with your Bible wide open. And let's study the Word of God. And the topic is... 
What are we to do about the coronavirus, folks? It's a deadly, deadly virus that's going around and and people are in panic mode and there's all kinds of uh, crazy talk here and left and things seemingly are chaotic and we need to find some kind of comfort in scripture and in God. So let's pray before we go into our study. Our Heavenly Father, we are so very thankful that we can turn to you in times of trouble and distress and facing crisis. We need your help. We need your comfort. We need to be encouraged and become stable with your word. Father, help us as we talk about the coronavirus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So I was thinking about this topic and discussing it with several folks in the church. And and I was just thinking, well, what what can we do? What, what's the answer to this? Well, number one is the simple, simple answer that is, is that, well, um, the virus will always be here. I mean, it's like the flu. It's like other viruses. Uh, it's uh, the, the swine virus. All those viruses are still here. And maybe through lots of, uh, of uh, scientific research and all, they can find uh, some kind of cure to this. But maybe not. And if not, well, that's the way of the world in which we live. It's a, we need to be reminded that this is a broken world in which we live in, and terrible things happen. There is disease that occurs on a regular basis. And so we can find comfort in the fact that God is always present. That He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is. And that God still is in control no matter whether or not our lives are out of control, whether or not things around us are out of control, we can be comforted by the fact that God is always sure and, and ever present in our lives. And you know, it's, um, it's important for us to remember, as Paul would say in Romans chapter 8 and verse 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And we also need to be reminded that as he continues to say in verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress. You can say that right now there's a lot of distress, trouble, Persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep of slaughter. But in verse 37, he puts it this way. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors for him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor... Listen any other created thing 
shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's comforting to know that the love of God is greater and deeper. We just need to be reminded of those powerful truths that nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God. No matter if we're hurting, no matter if we are in abject pain, it, it, it's comforting to know that God is always there no matter what happens. So we need to be reminded, number one, of that truth that God is still present no matter the situation, no matter what we're going through. But we also need to be reminded of, of, of this fact that the early church, uh, when they faced trials and persecution, when they faced real, real trouble, and as we find out in Acts chapter 8, when they were, they were scattered and they're being abused and being persecuted, that the church looked at that as an opportunity and grew from that. And I think the same thing is true, and I think history bears that out. I come across an article that was called How an Apocalyptic Plague Helped Spread Christianity. And uh, it was an archaeological mission in Luxor, uh, where the ancient city of Thebes was, and they uncovered the fact that there was a gruesome epidemic known as the plague of Cyprian, an apocalyptic plague that some Christians believed hurled the end of the world. Cyprian was a third, mid third century bishop of. Carthage and provides us with a detailed description of the plague's terrible effects. The intestines are shaken with continual vomiting. The eyes are on fire with infected blood. In some cases, the feet or some parts of the limbs were taken off by the, in many cases, Cyprian went on to say blindness and deafness would ensue. At the height of this epidemic, it was estimated that it was killing 5,000 people a day in the city of Rome alone, and two Roman emperors were taken and died, uh, Hostilian and Claudius II Gothicus. And the, in fact, even two-thirds of the population of Alexandria in Egypt died. It's interesting to note that as Cyprian uh, reported that it was many believe that this was heralding in the end of the world but interesting that that belief actually helped the spread of Christianity uh, it was noted that many Christians were also dying from the plague but he also suggested Cyprian did that only non-Christians had anything to fear his compatriot Dionysius, Bishop of Alexandria, one of the most hard-hit areas, wrote that it was a period of, get this folks, of unimaginable joy for Christians. As the and reason why is because as your Roman emperors were dying and pagan priests had no explanation or any way to prevent plague, 
that only strengthened the position of Christians. They had an answer to the meaning of life and death, whereas Roman emperors and Roman Empire didn't have an answer, couldn't explain death and what was on the other side. It was reported by Cyprian that many, 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 many Christians gave themselves to helping other Christians who were devastated by the plague, but also gave themselves in helping others and friends and strangers and trudged through this plague as people died around them. They would um, completely give themselves over. In the middle of all of this pain and agony and suffering that no uh, one in the Roman Empire, no one around them could answer, this provided early hope and opportunity for the Christian. In other words, they answered the question, when death is always around the corner, why not make your life count? And who do you turn to in this moment? What an opportunity for Christianity to show through their care and their loving and serving and Right in the middle of all this, they're answering the question of who is it that can really help in times of despair? And his name is Jesus Christ. Now that hell had become a place on earth, Christians were increasingly eager to avoid it in the afterlife. And it gave them that wonderful opportunity to spread that message you too can avoid there's something better to turn to so the answer to the question of what we can do about the coronavirus is very simple that is just as in the history of the church it gave them opportunity so it gives us opportunity as well folks what greater time what greater opportunity for us to serve and to help others. You know, Jesus uh, in, uh, in, in, in Luke chapter 10 talks about that very thing. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself, folks. And these are times which afford us great opportunity to help those who are sick, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ, and to help the needy, to love them, and to put it into practice. In fact, it goes on to say in Scripture that in James chapter 5, listen to how James puts that. In James chapter 5, he puts it like this. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. 
Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. So James is reminding us that in times in which there is great sickness like we're facing today, we need to turn to prayer. It's an opportunity to show our faith, opportunity to turn to the one who really, really is in control. And his name is Jesus Christ. So what can we do about the coronavirus? Well, number one, what we can do is understand that we live in a broken world, but God is still sovereign. But God is still in control. God's will will not be hijacked by the events of the world or things created. God's plans will not be thwarted. Number two, what can we do about the coronavirus? Well, it gives us an opportunity. It gives us the opportunity to love thy neighbor. It gives us an opportunity to help and to serve those who are affected by this terrible disease. Number three, it means that we are not to be reckless. That's right. It doesn't mean that we barrel into situations that are reckless and will make us sick and make others sick in the process. But that we do the simple things, washing hands, taking care of ourselves, making sure that if we are sick, we stay home, that kind of thing. The Bible says we're to be sober-minded. And that means to understand. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We need to use our common sense. And then lastly, folks, we need to be all about praying. Amen? We need to be all about praying. And I want to end this study in talking about what Jesus says. He says in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 8, Therefore do not be like them. He was talking about the hypocrites and how they pray. He says, For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, He says, we need to pray. And I think this will be a good prayer to offer Three times a day, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen, folks? For yours is the kingdom and power and glory forever. Amen. Folks, we can do that. We can pray in this time of great suffering. And that's our study for this broadcast. And now we have the conclusion to Name that Bible character.
Jesus is just alright with me. I said, Jesus is just alright. Oh yeah. Here was your clue. Jesus said that when we stand praying, we must first, what am I? The answer is we must first forgive. That's right, folks. We must first forgive. Mark chapter 11, verse 25. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Jesus said when we stand praying, we must first do what? Forgive in name that Bible character. Jesus is just all right with me. I said, Jesus is just all right. Oh, yeah. Well, folks, you too can become a follower of the greatest movement ever, a follower of Jesus Christ. Because in him and him alone, you can find peace, joy, happiness, and be blessed beyond measure more than you ever deserve. But are you willing to give your life over to him through baptism, confession of sins, repentance? My goal here has been very simple. That is to encourage you along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Well, friend, if you ever come through Norman, Oklahoma, stop by our congregation here it's called the South Canadian Valley Church of Christ but if you can't stop by stop by our website normanchurch.com 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 well friend i want to tell you this thank you for listening to this broadcast and may god bless you Praise God, praise God, give thanks to the Father in all, in all that you say and do. Well, amen, amen, sing glory, hallelujah, Christ the Lord has died for you. Praise God, praise God, give thanks to the Father in all, in all that you say and do. Well, amen, amen, sing glory, hallelujah, Christ the Lord has risen for you. God. Praise God, give thanks to the Father in all, in all that you say and do. Well, amen, amen, sing glory, hallelujah, Christ the Lord is living for you. Praise God, Praise God give thanks to the Father in all, in all that you say and do. Well, amen, amen, sing glory, hallelujah, Christ the Lord is coming for you. Christ the Lord is coming for you. Christ the Lord is coming for you.